are an enigma, which means that we're not seeing the whole thing. We, we only got a piece of the puzzle. We only see it from this perspective, but God sees the whole thing. But then when perfection comes, when Christ comes and wraps everything up, when we are changed to be like him, what is the new heaven and the new earth, we shall see in reality face to face. Hallelujah. He said, but for now, we know in part, imperfectly, then I shall know and understand fully and clearly, even in the same matter as I have been fully and clearly known and understood by God. Hallelujah. 13, so faith, hope, love, abide. Faith is a conviction and belief and, and respecting of man's relationship to God and of divine things. Hope, our expectation, a joyful and confident expectation of eternal salvation and the promises of God. Love, true affection for God and man growing out of God. Love for and in us. These three, these three shall remain, but the greatest of these is love. Hallelujah. Let us pray. Father, even now in the mighty name of Jesus, Lord, pour me out. Allow me to become an instrument of your glory. Lord, you speak. Lord, you minister. Lord, you meet us where we are and take us where we need to be. Speak faith, Lord. Speak hope, Lord. Pour out your love on us. Even now, Lord, in the mighty name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Hallelujah. We are still dealing with this epic battle, this cosmic battle of kingdoms that we are in, whether you like it or not. Hallelujah. We are the object. We are the subject of this spiritual battle that is happening around us. And it is pressing on us on every side. And even if you have not chosen Jesus, then you have already chosen because you have rejected him. The question is today is who do you believe is the source of your life? What, well, what is your source? What is your motivator? What is it that you are leaning on and depending on to give you purpose, meaning, significance, worth, value, in fact, life itself. Life itself. I believe that as we are facing life, we are being caught and turned by a current. Whether you know it or not, there is a river, there are rivers of life, there are spiritual forces that are flowing and and, and it's easy to get caught up in the wrong river. Rivers have power, which means that a river can have so much power that it will sweep a car away. It will actually sweep a house away. And if that's true in the natural world, how much more true is it in the spiritual world that if you're not anchored, if I'm not anchored to that which is able to hold us, 
we will be swept away. Just because you're a Christian don't mean you're standing on the right stuff. As a Christian, you may be saved, but you're not actually practicing and believing the principles of God. It is easy. It is easy to be deceived. In fact, I believe that Satan's greatest power, especially against the Christians, is deception. It is deception. We, 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 we think it's a haunted house. Listen, he may do something like that just to promote fear, but his greatest weapon is to deceive us. That we don't trust God at his word, that we doubt God's character, that in the waiting period, in, in the valley moments, that instead of trusting God, we seek for something else. Hallelujah. And that's, that's exactly how this thing begun with Adam and Eve. He made them doubt the character and the word of God. My, my question to us is, are we trusting God? Have we placed our whole eternity, or have we placed our faith, our hope, and love on his character, on who he is, on his word? Can, are we standing on what he says? Are we being allowed our feelings? Are we allowing people? Are we allowing the current world situation to get us caught up in a river that is going to lead to destruction. Hallelujah. I believe, whether you believe it or not, that your life is a Bible story. Bible stories in the end when God quits sending his word. He, your life is a Bible story. I have the privilege to walk into people's lives in the time of death, in the time of tragedy, in a time when it seems like that we ask the question, where's God? And to my amazement, I see God enter into the deepest grieving and, and know that our grieving actually see his hands in it. They, they see how God, they see how he orchestrated everything. They see how he put everything together. And, and with tears running down people's faces, here we are sitting at the hospital. Here we are sitting at a funeral home. We're praising God because in the midst of their loss, God shows I was here all the time. We have a wrong perspective. Our perspective is that God will make everything on the outs of our lives okay. And what God is trying to show us, I got you. I'm with you. I'm for you. I'm working it out even in the midst of your tragedy. And even though you may not like where you're at, I'm with you. Hold on to me. I will bless you. I will hold you. In fact, I will show you my glory in the midst of your pain. Oh, oh my, my brothers and my sisters, that don't sound like much until you are down and out by yourself and nobody can help you but the Lord. And the Lord will just whisper to you, I got you. I'm with you. I'm for you. I'm not finished yet. I'm up to something. 
that's when you know, Lord, you're the best thing that ever happened to me. And me having my faith, hope, and love in you will sustain me through everything. Uh, uh, don't get me wrong. I make it sound so easy. It's not easy, but it's real. That's why in the book of Hebrews, chapter 12, chapter 11, it gives us a, a listing of the Hebrews, heroes of faith. But don't you know they were normal people just like you and I? And what made them heroes is because they faced situations that was greater than them. But their faith helped them to either survive, either see the miracles, either see God deliver them, or even face death knowing that this is not our home. My brother and sister, it's not what you go through, it's how you handle it. And when you allow the Lord Jesus Christ to be your faith, your faith in him, your expectation in him, and you are covered by his love, and you love him, he will anchor you that no matter what the devil, no matter what the world throws at you, that God will lift you up. And folks will wonder how you making it. How come you still got a laughter? How come you still got a smile? What's making you be who you are in the midst of your situation? And it will be the presence of Christ in your life, on your life. I, I, I want to say to this to you today that every one of us needs that. Life cannot fulfill you. Not life within itself. I have a question. Because as I've been reading the Bible, what I realize is God really comes down and says, it's me. But I give you a choice. You can either choose the things of this world and think that they're going to fulfill you, think that they're the source of your life, or you can come to me. And, and can I be honest? Even we as Christians, many times, we fluctuate. <laughs> and we're going to be honest, sometimes we all sold out for God. We, we go hard for him. And we see him do some amazing things. We see him even, just, even if he don't change our situation. He gets in the midst of our situation and he changes our attitude. He changes our thinking. There comes a peace and a joy when nothing has changed, but he has entered in. Hallelujah. But, but then there's other times that we get tired of waiting. <laughs> there, there, there's other times that we think we know better than God. There's other times that we fluctuate between trusting him and his word and the principles of his word, or we go about to seek our own way. John 10, 10, he says that the thief come. Who's the thief? Satan comes to steal, kill, and destroy. That, that's his mission statement. That's his objective for all of our lives. And whenever we choose to do it his way, there is something that is being stolen there's something in our future 
that's being killed, and on the inside of us, something is being destroyed. I, I wish I could tell you that I don't know about this, but I know all about this. And if you're honest, in your own life, there are seeds that you planted that brought forth fruit that you don't want to eat. What I'm learning is this. God says, I set before you because I gave you choice. And though the world is going to come at you with everything, there's literally two influences that is acting upon you. I'm asking you to trust me, put your faith in me, put your, put your hope in, and your love on me. That's what God is saying to us. And then Satan is saying, hey, I got lust of the flesh, I got lust of the eye, I got pride of life. Because John says, all sin comes from these three rivers. And that's the illustration I want to give to you. If Jesus said, it all flows from him, and he will give us abundant life. Satan says, I'm going to take that from you, lie to you, and give you artificial stuff. Doesn't mean that, that, that the Lord doesn't know about what life consists of. John, Matthew chapter 6, 13 says, He says, Seek ye first the kingdom of heaven and his righteousness, and all these other things will be given to him. He says, Hey, I made life. He said, I'm the one who gives color to the flowers, I'm the one that feeds the birds. I'm the one that take care of the animals. And, and if I take care of them, don't you think that if you trust me, walk with me, talk with me, I won't take care of you? But what I realize is this, my brother and sister. Satan has somehow tricked us to bring Christianity to a place of religion, yeah. rules, ritual. You know, when, when, when I reduce Jesus, the, the person, my Savior, to, to rules, I lose sight of him. Yeah. Now it's works. Now it's my effort. Now I'm trying to bring something to him. But when I receive the fact that he loves me, that in spite of me, that he has already done for me what I couldn't do for myself, and, and, and I, I place my faith, my hope, my love on him that opens me up to walking with him. And out of that relationship with him come fulfillment. He, he meets us. He guides us. He'll show us. What, who, what's your source? Who are you looking at? What are you looking at? When, when, when we look at these three pillars of, of faith, hope, and love. That's based on relationship. If you have faith, hope, and love for your job, it doesn't love you back. If, you, if you're looking at how much money you got in the bank, it doesn't love you back. And, and we place faith, hope, and love on objects when it's meant to be in a relationship with a God that loves you. My, my question is, 
Have we moved things out of order? First John 5.19 says, For we know we are gods, and the whole world lies under his sway. Deception. If a, the, the picture that the Greek gives is, is, is Satan got a baby in his hand, has blown smoke to the place you can't see. Not only does darkness limits, not only does darkness is the absence of light, but smoke can stop the light from shining through. Though the light is shining, if Satan has our minds full of smoke, you can't see the light. You can talk to somebody till you blew in the face about Jesus being Lord and how good he is. But until the Lord Jesus Christ removes the smoke from their mind, the, 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 the veil, the blindfold, they can't see. My, my, my constant prayer is, Lord, show me truth. Let me walk in truth. Let me see things the way you see things. It's Psalms 32, what God says, he says, he says, I want you to see things. I want to guide you with my eyes. Then he goes on to say, he said, don't be like the horse. Don't be like the mule where I have to have a bit in your mind and make you turn. He said, no, I, I want you to see things from my perspective. I want you to willingly see I want you to have understanding. He said, the horse and the mule, they don't have no understanding. He said, they have to be harnessed with a bit and a bridle. He said, but I don't want you to be like that. I want us to have such a communication that I would download into your understanding that you see things from my perspective. I believe that God wants to always share. The question is, is do we want to see? There, is, there has to be a willingness of walking with him. He said, many sorrows shall be that of the wicked, but he who trusts in the Lord, I said, mercy shall, let me explain the difference. It doesn't say us in Christ won't have sorrow, but it says with the sorrow, you have his mercy. Let me explain. I'd rather be surrounded by his love and in his presence, knowing I'm walking with him in the pit of hell than to be on top of a mountain and don't have the covering of God. I'd rather be poor and broke and have the peace of God, the joy of God, and God making a way out of nowhere than to be in a mansion and don't know him. Listen, there's something about Jesus that makes life better. Listen, listen, you may be in the same situation as somebody who don't know him, but, but what you have on the inside will give you strength to survive, strength to go through. I see it all the time. 
I'm called into the hospital. I'm called into various situations. I'm called with people having terminal uh, uh, diagnosis. And when I walk in, I'm expecting them to be down and out. I walk in and they're praising. They're singing. They're, they're, they're the expectation. I, I'm seeing them getting ready to go home. I believe in God for whatever is next. And I walk in and instead of me encouraging them, I walk out praising God. I walk out lifting up my hands and saying, Lord, you are an awesome God. Lord, I don't know how you did this. I don't know how you showed up in this situation without performing a miracle, but your presence, your presence was enough to keep them praising you. Lord, they filled me up. I came to get them something, and I walk away, they gave me something, and I had to check my faith. <laughs> I, had to, I had to sad ask my, me, do I trust you like that? Lord, will I praise you like that? Lord, do I see you for how good you are in spite of, in the midst of? Hallelujah. Let me, let me, let me hurry up. Ultimately, God is not looking for right or wrong or being good enough. Ultimately, what he's looking for is do we trust his heart? In spite of what life throws at us. Can, can we get to the place that regardless what life throws at us, that, that we may complain a little bit, we may have a little bit of pity party, we may, we may cry a little bit, but, but after we get through with our pity party, we still get back up and say, Lord, I bless you. Lord, I love you. Lord, I thank you. I don't know why I'm going through this, but I know you are a God of purpose and intent, and I know you love me. So if you have allowed me to go through this, you're up to something. Turn to your neighbor and say, God's up to something. I don't know what he's up to, but he's up to something because that is just his nature. That is his nature. My, my brothers and sisters, the love of God will keep you with nothing else. I, this is, I got some quotes from Martin Luther King from some of his books, and he, he's talking about uh, love. This is what he says. He says, I have decided to stick with love. Hate is too great of a burden to bear. <laughs> love is the only force capable of transforming an enemy into a friend. Darkness cannot drive out darkness. Only light can do that. Hate cannot drive out hate. Only love can do that. In the end, we will remember not the words of our enemy, but the silence of our friends. <laughs> he said, the time will always be right to do right. Hallelujah. He said, he said forgiveness is not an occasional act. It's a constant attitude. My brothers and sisters, Martin Luther King 
in his battle, what you saw in him was a supernatural enablement to walk in love where he was surrounded by hate. That was not a philosophy. That was a, a deep understanding of God. That's a deep understanding of his faith, of his expectation, and that he was so loved by God that even though he was pressured on the outside, it did not change his position of who he is. When, when you know who you are, listen to what I'm saying, when you know who you are in Christ Jesus, when you know that, that, that God loves you, when you know that God is for you, when you know he has chosen you, when you know you're his beloved, when you know that, that he has redeemed you, when you know, I mean, when you know for yourself that God has already prepared a place for you, when you know that you're forgiven because the blood of Jesus has washed away your sins, when you know that the love of God has you, it doesn't matter what people say on the outside. That's why Jesus was able to go through the temptation after the wilderness. Because at the baptism, God the Father said, this is my beloved son in whom I will plead. So Satan threw at him the lust of the flesh when he was hungry. Threw at him the lust of the eye when he showed him the glory of the kingdoms of the world. Threw at him the pride of life when he said, jump off the temple temple and Jesus was able to withstand the best that Satan had to throw at him because he stood in who he knew he was as the son of God knew that God had a purpose and a calling on him knew that he was loved by his father knew that God's plan was the best plan knew that he had faith in his Father knew that God was up to something. So no matter what the devil threw at him, he said, I know who I am. Do you know who you are? Do you know that in Christ Jesus, you have been engrafted in Christ? 2 Corinthians chapter 5, 17, that, that the old man is dead, the new man is alive, and, and all the nature of the Holy Spirit of Christ is in you. Hallelujah. Listen, it's not that we'll be right now. He dwells in us right now. He got us right now. When you know that, then you know God is up to something. When you know that, God, God is, is, is painting a picture. It's Ephesians chapter 2.10. You are his workmanship. And as you walk your journey, there's some valleys in the journey but there's some mountaintops. There's some dark areas in the journey. There's, there, there's some places you don't understand on the journey. Listen, what, what I realize is, or I'm coming to realize, is not about the journey, it's who's in the journey with me. It's that he got me. So regardless of what the journey entails, because he who loves me and created me for himself, he says to the children of Israel. And, and you can translate certain things from the Old Testament, the children of Israel, to the Christians today. He says to them, he says, though you walk through the flood, it will not overflow you. Though you walk 
through the water, it will not overflood you. He, he, said, he said, I got you. When you trust me, I got you. He said, he said, he said I made you for myself. It started with Israel, but that comes out to us. We, we got his name on us. We, are, we have a purpose on us. God has an intent for you. My, one, one of my ministers said this to me after last week's sermon. He says, we have me syndrome. Right, Kenny? Is that right? <laughs> me syndrome is, he says, we got tunnel vision and it's all about us. We don't see the full picture of what God is doing because we got me syndrome. We see it, it's all about us. It's, it's me, I, and myself. It's, 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 I want God to do it my way. I want him to do it on my timing. When we got me tunnel vision, that's so very small. In fact, we limit the God of all the universe. <laughs> we limit the plans, the purpose, and the desire he has for us. In fact, when we are, when we break it down and it's all about us, then we don't allow God to have his way. I'm learning. I'm not there yet. But I'm learning. When I let go and let God, he does far more than what I can do. I, I, I'm limited in my ability. My fact, I can't do nothing. But when I put it in the hands of God, when I, when, I, when I let him have it and sit back and praise him with expectation, then I begin to see God, begin to connect the dots. Have God ever connected dots for you? Have God literally made you sit down and say, watch me connect this dot with this dot, and you start seeing that God is walking it out in the background, and you look it and you are amazed and what God is doing, and you know that nobody could do this but God, and God starts moving things out the way, moving things in the way, putting the right people in the right place, and you begin to say, Lord, I never dreamed that you was going to do it like this. God wants to walk it out in your life. Like when I read the Bible, I see the handprint of God in the back pages. It's not just what he says, it's what he does when he's quiet. God is working it out. Turn to somebody and say, God is working it out for me. I have placed it in his hands. I don't know how he's going to do it, but I'm trusting him. God is up to something. My fact, is anybody in the house still feel like they got more purpose? Do you feel like that God not finished yet? Then I tell you what you do. Get yourself ready for what God's going to do for you. Start preparing that God's going to blow open the doors, 
believe that God is working it out. Watch this. For his glory. For his name's sake. You're his workmanship. You're his artistry. You're his masterpiece. Who are you believing in? Who are you depending on? I'm trying, I'm trying. As I, as I read the Bible, I see that it's always a choice. I see that God is, is almost pleading. Trust me. I want to delight in you. I want to bless you. I want to fulfill and bring you to the place where you know that it's me working it out in your life. I want to show you what I had in plan for you all the time. But my, my brothers and my sisters, that's the picture, that's the story that God has already written for you, but you got to choose him. This day, I set before you a choice. Satan who came to steal, kill, or destroy. Or you could choose Jesus who came to give us life, spiritual life, more abundantly overflowing. And it may not start off that way, but keep walking with him. Keep trusting him. Watch God do what only God can do in your life. Hallelujah. If you don't know the Lord Jesus Christ, you need to give him your life. It's simply saying, Lord, I repent. I'm sorry for doing it my way. I choose today to do it your way. Lord, I choose to accept you as my Lord and Savior. I believe you died for my sins and you rose again. So today, Lord, I give you my life. Show me what you can do with me. And when you do that and mean it from your heart, he'll start working on you. <laughs> little by little, line by line, precept upon precept, he'll start working on you. There's a number that will show up. 513-451-31. You can call that number. Somebody will pray with you. The other number, there will be a voicemail. You can leave a message. We'll get back with you. Let's pray. Father, even now, hmm, thank you for your hands on us. Thank you, Lord, that we are the apples of your eyes. You never stop looking at us. We are on your mind 24-7. I don't know why you love us so much, but I'm glad that you do. Lord, not because of us, but in spite of us. You love us. Lord, you love us. Lord, you love us. Open our eyes that we may see that your heart towards us is good and not evil. Your intent for us is to bless us beyond what we can imagine. Lord, you just want us to choose you. Choose your way. 
choose your word. Lord, help us to choose you today that you may become the source of our everything, even now. In the mighty name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. God bless you. See you next week. Hallelujah. Be blessed. We are praying for you. Love you all. Praise Peter God. Take us out. Jesus, I'll never forget what you've done for me. Jesus, I'll never forget how you set me free. Jesus, I'll never forget how you brought me out. Jesus, I'll never forget. No, never. How can I forget? How can I forget what you've done for me? How can I forget how you set me free? How can I forget how you brought me out? Jesus, I'll never forget. No, never. Jesus, I'll never. Jesus, I'll never forget what you've done for me. Yeah. Jesus, I'll never forget how you set me free. Jesus, I'll never forget what you've done for me.